Hello, and welcome to Magic is Real, a podcast focused on the fascinating world of near-death experiences, spirit communication, and all things metaphysical and spiritual. The mission of this project is to share messages of hope and inspiration with others, and to spread the word that death is only an illusion. Thank you for being here with an open heart and mind. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Magic is Real. I'm Shannon Torrance. I'm a medium. I'm the host of this podcast, which, as you saw in the intro, is a spiritually transformative experience-based focused podcast. Today, I have with me Stephen Nowak. Um, Steve, I call you Steve. Is that correct? Can we call yep, you Steve? Yep, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, fine um, The reason I have Steve here is that he is a quantum healer. He'll tell us about what that means. He is also an NDE experiencer, which always sounds redundant to me. Um, He had a near-death experience when he was very young, and I'm assuming that that led to this whole journey. I know it did because it opened him up to the quantum field, but I'd like to hear it from you. But first, I'm just going to say welcome and thank you for being here. I really appreciate it, and so do my listeners. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's been quite the journey and the experience because I had my event very early and I didn't remember a lot of what happened until the voice returned. And then that's when everything kind of broke open. Like, okay, you're never going to be the same. Either you can resist this and you're crazy or mm-hmm. you can accept it and see where it leads you. You are about the third person I've interviewed in a row who's had that experience where they didn't even remember until later on. And so mm-hmm. that, and sometimes when you're telling this, they're telling the story, they're like, I don't even really know where to begin. But um, I guess what I would let, we can start with uh, your, just your background, your childhood. You can talk about the NDE if that's because it was clearly in some way very significant, even if you didn't remember all the details. But what were you, do you remember? Growing up, did you have any ideas about spirituality or God or religion? Was that something you grew up around? Nope, not at all. Um, I think I was in church twice to be the ring bearer in a wedding, and that's about it. So mm-hmm. no background, nothing to really look back on. Yeah. So how old were you when you had your near-death experience? I was four. And what happened? Well, I was uh, leaving a driveway. My brother was standing on the other side of the street and he's calling me over. We're getting to go to the mall and the mall was like Disneyland, you know, back in the eighties, 79 or whatever. So he says, come on over. And I shoot down between two parked cars and there was a car coming down the road. So that car hit me. I went underneath the car. Um, Basically the big wheel that I was riding wedged underneath the back tire and it saved me. Uh, What I remember is like a blur and then seeing myself and I could see my eyes roll back in my head and then everything went to black and then it opened up again. When it opened up, I had my uh, head leaning down and I'm leaning on someone who's on the side of me or I assume is someone. And as I open my eyes, I catch the glimpse of long hair almost touching the ground and it was like silvery white and then the bottom of a robe of just about the same color. And when I turned to see who it is and ask them what happened, they said you were in an accident, everything was fine. And, but when I turned, 
I looked at what I thought was a person at the time, and it was a hooded figure with no face, only light for a face. And I remember thinking this light is brighter than anything I've seen, but I'm not squinting. And we were speaking without speaking because I asked them what happened and they said you were in an accident. So I remember being aware of, okay, I'm not moving my lips. And as I stared at this being, I, I was getting pulled into the face. And then that's when I saw what I would imagine to be heaven because I had really nothing to measure it on or I can't say, hey, this is heaven. But I instantly knew, well, I saw children, I saw old people, the colors were alive and breathing. And it was like everything was everything was alive there. And it it was just magic. And I instantly knew there was no anger, no misery, no suffering, no hate there. Uh, it was like an instant knowing. And then that's that's when I wanted to go. And I asked them, hey, I want to go there. And they said, it's not your time. We have something else to show you. And that's when I was transported to like this field. And it looked like a blueprint. And we were speaking again without speaking through like knowing telepathy and they let me know this was basically like the blueprint of creation like it was what we built our reality upon using energy that governs all matter and things like that and it brought me to this beam of light in the center of like a wheel almost like a wagon wheel and in the center, it was me, and they explained I was love, I was perfect, I was whole, but that we humans spend our energy out into the field or the outer rim, and it comes back to us, and that becomes our reality um, or our perception that we live through our nervous system. And let's see a few other things. They talked, of course, about heaven and hell being within us. I instantly knew everything was one. And we were the ones that separate it. It had nothing to do with God or anything. God was just this one, one infinite love that created all things. And that I, I was that energy as my identity. And I wasn't anything else. Um, I came to know the Trinity which some people refer to as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit meaning pure spirit. To me, the Christ is the same as the Buddha, the Krishna, all these other physical manifestations of love. So it's love, perfect love embodied. So I came to know God, Holy Spirit, and Christ as a circuit of energy, of life force energy. And we can connect these three points by asking this energy to come down through our crown, expand within us and form a field with our, around us. And that this field was our, our higher self, our divine intelligence. And then later figured out, you know, when this voice returned to me and said the same exact thing it said to me the first time, that's when everything went bonkers. And I could see like psychic stuff or what I would say was psychic stuff. I don't know if you want to take a, if you want yeah, to break it well. I, I thank you. I actually did. I, I'm, I love that because you're just so specific and detailed. And it strikes me that you are at this time a four year old. So, by human standards, a four year old in a body with a four year old brain 
wouldn't have the sort of uh, intellectual development yet to to comprehend all of these concepts. Mm. And yet, as a soul, your soul is infinite, and there's no uh, there's no age per se. So it feels like your soul absorbed all this knowledge. And then after this happened, did you just forget about it until this voice came back? It was like I could feel something different. Like I would think about the accident and I could feel things start moving within me, much like they do during a healing session or, or any other type of work, uh, self-cleansing or whatnot. But I could feel something happen, but I couldn't recall what. Yeah. You know, it's like that memory where you try to remember and you try to remember and you mm. And then once this voice returned, it was like floodgates fully opened. Um, right. Then, then they showed me, they showed me like the divine blueprint that everybody basically has an image of them held in the quantum field. Some people call it the Akashic records. It's almost like we're, we're a computer and we have this root file that we can go back to and restore ourselves with, but we have to claim it and we have to sort of use our internal will and voice to extend the energy to go get it, you know? Oh, my ears just perked up when you said that. That's so interesting to me. And it's really what I'm delving into right now in terms of understanding our place and our, I don't want to say power. It, it may be a, the wrong word to use, but understanding our own power, really, that, that mm -hmm. as humans, we forget. And I think it it really uh, suggests that we do have a lot more power, personal power, not over anybody else than we think. And I, and I know we'll get into that because I really want to delve into the work that you do. But I also mm -hmm. would love to know um, what age was at what age did you did this voice come back to you? And you don't have to say age, but just how many years later, approximately? Oh, uh, it was like my early thirties, and then yeah. that that was a rough transition time because that's when I started to see things like yeah. moving around me. And I'm a pretty big skeptic, okay? Mm -hmm. Up to the points where the stuff starts to happen and A, either I'm nuts or it's happening. Yep. So I started to hear people's thoughts. I started to feel when they were hungry. And it sounds insane, but I figured it out by, by asking people eventually after dealing with it and, eating till I was full and then having them walk by me and I'm being, you know, I get hungry and then they walk away and I'm full again. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling their feelings, their thoughts, and I would start to play games at my regular job because I was a GameStop store manager at the time. And I would ask people in my head if they wanted a bag or not. And then I could hear the response. And then I would ask them out loud to see if it matched up. And probably 95% of the time it matched up. And just, I was starting to see silhouettes around me as well, moving back and forth, different colored energies, but they looked like the silhouettes of people. And eventually they started to speak and I couldn't shut off. I could feel pressure in my head and I couldn't shut it off. And it was like the worst bout of self-speak you ever had in your life times 10. And it was a lot of the things that I used to beat myself up about and say to myself as I was growing up, because I grew up pretty, pretty much normal. Um, I had a lot of darkness, but it helped me develop empathy for other people. So as this was happening, I was challenged to take, 
back control of the energy I was creating and feeding this mechanism that was broadcasting that I could now see all my quantum selves vibrating at this low rate, vibrating at that low rate that are basically extended out into the field. So I had to go through a process of like claiming those back, purification, uh, really surrendered. Because uh, I was having visions at the time of like past lives, all kinds of things that I never believed in, put it that way. Yeah. Did you think that you were going crazy or did you somehow know that this was a spiritual experience? Yeah, I thought I was going, definitely thought I was going crazy, but I instantly knew when that voice returned, it was like I had a sun inside my stomach of energy. And it was like the type of energy when you're a kid on Christmas morning and you just can't go to sleep times a million. And when the energy returned, it was like at first I thought I was going crazy, but I was aware that there was some type of spiritual war taking place for energy. And, and all this, all these quantum physics and this stuff, and I resisted it for a long time until I finally started accepting it and embodying it, no matter what people said, no matter what family said, um, people like that. And then the healing started because some woman fell outside my store. I put my hand on her back and she said, all, all my pain's all gone. I'm all warm. And I went back to work and I was like, what the heck was that? I thought I was going to have to go to the seventh floor. Yeah. Uh, one experience where I got out of my car, I remember clear as day, I walked into a gas station. I'm standing in line and this kid gets out of line. He asks his father, can I have this? And it was a peanut butter cup. No big deal. Okay. The father says, yes, he gets back in line. And then he does the same thing, but he doesn't grab another one. He grabbed just one. And it was almost like I lived it and then I lived it again. It wasn't deja vu where you're like, oh, I'm reminded of this. Mm -hmm. This feels like, like, no, I walked through it and I walked through it again. And I was like, like, what like the hell Groundhog Day, like the movie yeah. Groundhog Day. And I go back to my car and I turn on the car and they're talking to a woman who just won a radio contest. She's all happy. But next thing I know, the phone starts ringing and this is on the radio. And it's the woman and they're asking her the question. And I had already heard the answer. So I was like, I had no, no way to explain it, no way to, to anything except for I thought I was losing my mind. And until I started to embrace it and like give back to others. I know it sounds weird, but take on their pain and help them. Then I, could, I would reveal more of my own to where I could embody it more. What was the process of realizing that you were not it wasn't a mental a mental illness you actually were tapping into something into another dimension when these things were happening it was probably the confirmations the things i would hear from different people i would hear i would hear sentences or i would hear and it sounds crazy the radio or the tv highlight just a couple words it would make a sentence then i would get a confirmation later in the day um i couldn't avoid angels couldn't avoid god and I started to go to like every church I could find to try to get answers, to talk to somebody. Nobody had answers. I was looking everywhere, but inside myself. Like I knew it was coming from God, but I didn't know where all the information that I, I was starting to experience about like 
physics and energy and quantum reality. Did you start researching that on your own or was it something that you figured out because it was happening to you? I started uh, researching it on my own to explain what would what was happening. Um, not only to me, but like with people when I would work with them or work on them. Um, basically came to quantum entanglement. Um, and there's plenty of experience, uh, experiments on it, Nobel, Pe Nobel Prizes, not Peace Prizes, but Nobel Prizes won on it. Um, but yeah, it'd be slowly figuring things out, what was happening to me, what was happening with me, why, you know, like, why do I have this information if nobody wants to hear it? Because at the time, I was talking and talking and talking and everybody thought I was crazy. And uh, yeah. it wasn't until... I really started to to take on clients and help people uh, that people kind of couldn't say anything anymore. You know, right. it's always and a double-edged sword though, because they're going to come at you from the spiritual side or the religious side. Because right. I firmly believe that they're one and they're supposed to be one. Mm -hmm. I do too. Uh, okay. Two, I'm trying to figure out which question to ask first. One, I would like to know how you decide I mean how you decided okay or, or figured out okay this is how I heal others and I'm going to start doing that professionally was it like word of mouth or did you do all this research take all these classes set up shop was it intuitive or did you study to do it it was initially? like word of mouth um, okay. word of mouth and then I was just kind of put in that position I was put in positions where people had like a minor possession you would call it this person was overtaken by a dark entity. And I didn't believe it until I was like, oh, I better go get my uh, book out of the truck. Um, but I've seen people growl, scratch themselves. It's basically just a manifestation of this. I don't, can I swear? Yes, that's okay. Man manifestation of this pissed off energy. And it's a part of you and you've never addressed it. You've never right. ex uh you never accepted it as yourself to allow it to pass through you. But um, what was the original question? I got off well, track. Yeah, it was It was kind of, how did you get to the place where you were taking clients? Was it like you opened oh, okay. up? Like, how did you even learn the process? Or what, was what, like you know, person what your process turned, was? One person turned me on to another. They turned me on to another. Yeah. And then it started to grow. And then I studied Reiki because uh -huh. I was really interested in learning more about it uh it started as reiki and it just steadily grew into zero point um by the amount of charge that i was able to generate in the places and then the things i was able to do basically bring someone's energetic system into a ground state so it can heal and kind of the experiences they were having told me it was ready to grow but it started with a sui reiki and i studied to master there and uh, then the purification and all that stuff being guided to learn how to purify the cellular memory in my own body and nervous system, that came pretty much all from God or what you would call the computer in the sky, I guess. Yeah, I'd love to hear, okay, two things. I had a question because I wanted to talk for a minute about when you mentioned quantum entanglement. Can mm -hmm. you explain what that is and what your experience of that is? Quantum entanglement is when you have a photon and another 
photon uh, basically could be anywhere uh, between time and space. And you use quantum emissions to send this photon to the other photon. And there's no loss, again, in time or space. It's pretty much instantaneous where they both start vibrating at the same frequency and they sort of form their own field. So you're able to link basically photons and we emit biophotons as people. And I figured out along the way, you're able to use your mind and your will, uh, what I call the knowing, when you know something to be true, that feeling, you're mm -hmm. able to use your mind and will to send a great deal of basically energy in the form of photons to someone else to help increase the rate of vibration. And then they will start vibrating at the same rate as you. And right. basically, you're forming a field now uh, to where you can release those grounded energies and trauma and triggers and things like that. Right. And so when you're sending that energy to another person, how do mm -hmm. you harness it, I guess, is the question. I, I harness it a lot by breath work and by always staying clear, daily cleansing and, and claiming my space as sacred. But what I really like to use is my memories. Mm -hmm. I'll pull up a memory of when I felt perfect love, perfect bliss, perfect peace when I was out in nature. And I'll breathe and I'll allow that to expand. And then I will pretend, basically trick my mind and body to think the person is right in front of me. And then I will basically trick my mind and body to believe the person is in another space and I'm with them. And as I'm doing this, I'm forming a pathway of photonics and basically sending charge back and forth. And I'm able to charge up their system enough to release this cellular memory. Hopefully right. that answered it. I got a little it, yeah, on No, no, that's okay. That it is, it's not something you can answer in a single sentence. It's it's and really I'm trying not to be too deep. technical. I'm like, how can I explain this? But no, not thank you. Too technical? No, thank you, because I'm not a technical person, but I'm fascinated by quantum physics. So the mm -hmm. way you explain it, I can understand it. So it's and I was like, I never took quantum physics in school, in college, none of this stuff. It's like I had to figure out how these things were happening. How was this person having a response to me 3,000 miles away? How right. did this happen? How did this happen? And then I started receiving messages where people would have things happen after watching a video of mine. And I'm like, how is it possible? And I think we're all just made of the same energy. And, and for some reason, mine just uncorks something that's blocked in them from remembering that. That's a really good question. Do you, I don't, this is sort of not what you just said, but when you said that through um, I think video, so you're like, if you and I were in a session right now, you'd be able to, do healing on me but does it also work for like i see a lot of um i don't know instagram healers mm -hmm. and stuff saying okay i'm doing reiki on you i like to think it works from intent because of intention but i always mm -hmm. do wonder if it's not live do you know anything about that or have thoughts about that does oh, it yeah, actually it definitely works yeah. later it works it, it's yeah. there forever um the energy the feel. only difference between practitioners is basically how much work they've done on themselves, how much purification, how much, and we talk about bandwidth, kind of like internet, how yeah. much bandwidth can they carry? How much data can they allow through themselves? A lot of people are still tied into the carnal world, to the world that we need approval from and things like that. And that's what I mean. 
uh, releasing those tides, you're able to carry a, a larger charge. Mm -hmm. And the way I'll explain that is if anybody listening or you have ever seen a survival radio or an old radio where you can wind it up a bunch of times yeah. and it will work without batteries. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're looking to do. We're looking to build a charge within ourselves. And that's why we do helpful acts for other people. And we keep depositing those charges of love onto ourselves until we identify as that. That makes sense. Yeah. Being, being pure love is being our true essence because that is what we're all made of. Yeah. We're know playing it. a game of charges. Yeah. I love that. Do you I, wouldn't know it to I look at people. This? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I said you wouldn't know it to look at a lot of people, but <laughs> that, that, that's what's happening. But yes. So what were you saying? It's like that lower, we have the choice to form the lower self or the higher yeah. self. And it's like, nobody's to blame. We're having a human experience, but once we become aware of our lower self, then it's our job to be accountable and create better. Right. Exactly. So when you work with a client, do they, do you like to feel into it intuitively or do you, does it not matter what their particular circumstance is or do you sit with them and they say, okay, here are my spiritual ailments or here are my physical ailments. And um, cause I know that you mentioned or your bio mentions that you can, it can apply to both. You weren't sure. I think if it could apply to both physical ailments and, or maybe it wasn't you, I don't know, <laughs> but somebody <laughs> no, said that sound, to me. You sound right, but it's a little off. Yes, yeah, it tell applies me what it is. to both physical and uh, emotional ailments because the physical manifests from the emotional, uh, from yeah. the compressed and the, the dense energy that continues to build up. And I say this as a person who has had numerous car accidents, played sports, I was on painkillers in my early 20s to keep working and just function. And now I take nothing. Mm -hmm. I rely solely on how my body feels to tell me whether I need to cleanse, to get out in nature, to do breath work. And um, what was the question again? <laughs> I lost the, um, the The question was pretty, I think you answered it. I can't remember exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, um, that when you're healing someone, you can heal them through physical i mean oh yes physical and emotional yeah from, so it from physical and emotional it applies to both yeah. yeah and when you talk about cleansing i know you just mentioned some examples but um like i said how do you harness that energy and you said well i might cleanse my space what does that look like for you and also how can we cleanse our own energy for me it looks like part invocation part asking the light to enter my body embodying the light and then using my will to basically mm -hmm. command it. I will speak to my ailments. I'll speak to any disease I may have. I'll speak to any pain, anything in my awareness as far as behavioral patterns or things I want to address. I will basically order them to come together as one charge because this is how I see things since my NDE. It's like, okay, I have a feeling or a thought. Well, that's a charge of energy. That's a uh, a frequency. So I order them to all all to come together as one and be bound basically to love for alchemy or transmutation. I order them all to come together as one charge and be bound to love. And then there's times where I'll start yawning, um, and then that's the transmutation taking place. Yeah, that so makes basically, sense. Yeah speaking to your system and 
looking at your diseases or ailments as not you. I don't identify with you anymore. I'm taking this space back. You had your time here. A lot of these are tied to past identities and past experiences. Um, energies that we formed that never really got a chance to live itself out because energy naturally wants to come out. And when we stuff it down enough, um, we get these different blocks and these different misfires and things like that. But learning to speak to your lower self, the lower critic, commanding your pain to come together and dissipate, to leave, that's important. And you want to do it with a knowing that it's already true. It's already happened. And put that feeling behind it. That makes sense. I think intention has so much to do with it. And we forget how easy that is. Uh, it's easier than you would think. Just even you're a healer. And I assume you, well, we'll talk about this. I'm a medium. So I can tune into the frequency of the spirit world as you can, and as everyone can, if they, if they want to. And the same thing, if I'm just out and about, I'm not see, I'm not hearing messages, although I actually did today, which was really interesting. Um, and I, um, but I intend it. I went before I sit with a client. I just, I do a prayer. Like I, I bring in, I ask for a ascended masters for spirit guides for god for angels to come in and help me give be of service to this person and to the spirit world and that's when the light goes on so it doesn't mean it doesn't happen automatically sometimes but i learned after stressing out so many times because a medium gets stressed too beforehand like what if this doesn't work what if i can't do it what if they think i'm a fraud um i've just sunk i've recently sunk into it by just going it's literally ask ask and the net will appear literally like ask and spirit will appear you've mm -hmm. asked you've done the work if it's coming from a place of love it shall be done um so you, anything you want to say about that well i would say it's definitely something that anybody could turn on if they believe it and and just ask for it within themselves because uh, the energy is flowing through everybody um yeah. for me I'm always keeping that thankfulness and that gratefulness um, and setting the intention for a sacred space. And that, as you say, asking guides in to my sacred space. And as I do this, I can feel my center kind of light up with love and it, the things start swirling around and I feel like I'm a, a little kid again. So I get that and, swirling feeling too. Yeah, embodying heard... that light is definitely uh, a turn on, if you will. Yeah, I like, I like that. I'd never heard someone else describe it as that. It, I, I have said that it feels like my soul is spinning mm -hmm. within my chest cavity, it's or undulating. It actually feels like my soul is moving when it starts, yeah. which is a really beautiful feeling. It's like instant peace and it comes so easily, which and I don't Sometimes think I can feel little sparks going off, little yeah. frequencies and It'll touch one spot and then spread out, touch another spot, spread out. And this is as I'm working with people as well as uh, asking for the communication. Because a lot of it for me is by feel and intuitive. That's what I was going to ask you about. As I mentioned, my own um, psychic abilities that, as I said, I always tell my clients, every, I'm no different from you. I'm just trained to interpret the messages. 
Oh, mm-hmm. I, I'm as a spirit translator. You can do the same thing I can do. I just know how to do it. I've just taken the time to to learn how to do it. And so for you, after you had this near-death experience, were you, did you did you notice yourself being more intuitive? I mean, you were so little. I'm sure you weren't. A, a, it's hard to know what's normal when you're four because you haven't been there a long time. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you had a lot of intuitive moments even as a teenager or into college? Yeah, definitely for sure. Where you'd be thinking something and somebody would say it or um, your deep connection to animals or thoughts and feelings that you probably shouldn't have as a, a young boy. Like, oh, this kitten is pretty. This cloud is pretty. And it just seemed to have yeah. a connection to certain emotions that my friends didn't. Right. Yeah. And now do you actually, in addition to being able to do this quantum healing, do you actually uh, receive strong messages from spirit people, for lack of a better word, um, um, and guides and that sort of thing that are clear to you? It sounds like you do use that in your work, but to mm-hmm. what degree does it affect your life or how, how often do you actually um, find yourself experiencing that kind of a connection? I would say it's almost like I'm the one playing this character from another place mm-hmm. and I'm following the signal that's in my center. And it's like the signal's guiding me as I'm moving the joystick. Mm-hmm. So I believe a, a lot of guidance is taking place, but there's, there's times where you sort of drift back into another density to learn from it. Yeah. Um, from what I, what, from what I've seen, and exp- talking to people that have had near-death experiences and from reading your bio, mm-hmm. it seems very clear to me that once your bo- your soul exits the body, period, even if you come back, you are mm-hmm. then connected in a way. Now, it's your soul then remembers. And so many people who've had even just out-of-body experiences, once your soul has left once, you're constantly in that state of this strong connection. I have a friend here who has never had an accident, but she said, oh, I pop out of my body all the time. And she's Mm -hmm. an incredible, incredible artist named Catherine Wingate. Please check this out. Um, Her art is all out of body themed. Um, And now that, and I asked her, I said, did you have, do you think that you had an out, uh, like a near death experience as an infant? I'm like, think back, because it seems like for, for you to be able to pop out so easily, that usually happens because it's happened before. And then she said, mm-hmm. yes, apparently I did have a, like a traumatic birth. I was like, that's, I bet you had, I bet you died. And, mm-hmm. um, and so now she's so, she's only 25, I think, so tuned in, so wise beyond her years. So I'd love to hear about that too, because it seems like that having happened to you really opened you up and that's what connected you. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't realize I was leaving my body until, I don't know, probably six years ago. Like I started getting messages from people and they're like, Hey, you were in my dream. It looked like you, but you looked a little different. You told me all these things about my family. You told me everything would be okay. I just want to thank you. And then another one came and then another one and then another one. And they were all different. One one of them was a woman who said I came into her meditation to tell her all these things. And then just recently with the other podcast I did, I had a couple of people reach out to me and they're like, 
you were in my dream this time and this time. And I didn't realize it until I saw you. And I think we're always working on a soul mm-hmm. level because our soul never sleeps. It's just yep. our body. And like I said, another thing I didn't believe in, in until it started happening enough times to where I said, okay. Yeah. Um, but I, back to the guidance thing, it's like I follow the signal. Like the signal tells me where to be, you know, based on, I suppose, the placement of how it feels the environment, um, whatever I think of. Uh, it's like an interconnected uh, super highway of information. That's so But definitely guidance throughout the day, different feelings, uh, more clear cognizant. Mm-hmm. You get the feeling and the knowing. Yeah, you get, I, and I think the more you tune into that, and I'm saying this to everyone, it's the more it's heightened. So like I get, I'm starting to give a lot more readings as you, you've gotten a lot of um, traction lately too. And so I'm more in that zone more often because I'm giving more readings. Yeah. And then, um, you know, because I'm in that uh, theta state or whatever it, it may be. And I'm, I'm today working on something for my, for voiceover work. And all of a sudden I heard a word so loud, Chanticleer, Chanticleer. And I was like, what is that? I know I've, I know what that means in French. It means clear singing, but like Chanticleer, why am I hearing? Where did that come from? What does it have to do with? And I had just been texting with two people, my mom and my friend DJ. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go with my gut. Why am I hearing this? It must be for one or the other. I'm just like, mm-hmm. before I just would have been like, huh, that's a funny word. Wonder where I got that from. Now I know. Now I immediately go, okay, who's that for? Because I didn't come up with that. I don't know who's yeah. telling me this. So I texted my mom. I texted DJ. And then I, I texted my mom and I said, does this mean something? She said, yes, it, it does. Um, and she said, I was literally just on Amazon this week adding a CD to my my wish list called Chanticleer. But she said it was out of stock. <laughs> she said it was out of stock, but I was wanting to get it. I wanted to put it on my wish list for Christmas, um, but I can't seem to get it. And I said, I said, that is, I don't know if that was like a message from grandma who was just saying, hey, I was there at that time, or if literally I just tuned into your energy. Um, it was like I was picking up on your mm-hmm. energy field, which felt, it kind of felt like it could have been both um, because my mother and I are very close. But mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting the way that I received that information. Normally, I just would have brushed it off and said, that's funny. I wonder where that came from. And now I know mm-hmm. to, to, and I tell everybody, and I'd love to hear what you tell people too about that when I say you want to develop it listen to your listen to your yeah, thoughts I, I say form a relationship with feeling because we forget how to feel and start finding the sources that make you feel alive again that make you feel love that make you feel peace as a material feeling you want to find things that help you replicate these feelings within you and start to open that up and then use that energy to connect just ask. Yeah. It's really so much about awareness, isn't it? It's just so much about being aware. And opening those neural pathways because mm-hmm. we store a lot of negative charge and it kind of like shuts down our computer computing uh, capability. And we want to expand those neural pathways to connect to that higher space. Oh, that's so well said. I was just having that conversation today with some friends. A friend of mine has been just having a lot of anxiety and she said, I'm a terrible mom because of this. I'm a terrible, I accidentally locked my cat in the closet. I'm a terrible cat mom. And (laughs) 
our other friend chimed in and said, you have to stop telling yourself that because you're creating new neural pathways every time you say mm -hmm. something negative about yourself. And my friend who's saying this is a therapist. She, she knows this. She practices EMDR therapy, but it's different when it's you. And we've all been there where your mm -hmm. brain is in a loop of I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'll never have money. I'll never have a relationship. Um, and it is so important to, to continue to just say, wipe, wipe that out, replace mm -hmm. with a new thought. And it's not a new thought. It's a new feeling, right? It's not. Yeah. You're interrupting new neurons to disrupt yes. the formation of this other structure, this other self. And I take it one step further and don't allow any speak like that in myself. I bring it all together. Like we were talking about earlier. Um, and I order it to yawn its way out, to burp its way out. And that's a way of basically changing that energy into something else. That's really beautiful. It's such a good life tip, life hack. I do it too. And I said, I don't oh, yeah. have negative thoughts as often anymore. And it definitely takes a lot of practice and repetition because your whole entire life, if you've been an anxious person as I have, you've had to rewire your brain to stop that mm -hmm. loop of, I'm, I'm scared. I'm in fear. I'm anxious. What if, what if, what if, instead of saying everything's going to be fine, it's always fine. It always works out. I'd love to hear your thoughts too, um, with everything that you've experienced and that, you know, about the idea that we can create our own reality. And I know this is a deep question, but there's a lot of, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on basically like other dimensions like obviously you know you have this connection mm -hmm. this ability to move in and out of other dimensions and i may be using the wrong terminology but uh i know it's a huge it's not a single question it's more of just what's going on <laughs> like what's going on from what you understand well from what i understand is we basically have bands of information that are running from our energy centers through our brain or what i call the neural interface and the intuitive modules so these different energy centers are banding information between our brain and that energy center. And this starts with feelings and storing feelings. And those bands can be kind of thick and it can be a, a very hellish reality based on what we create. Or they can be light based on what we create in terms of kindness and compassion, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the kind of the realities we live in we can live in hell or we can live in in heaven and when you see the embodiment of demons by what humans do to each other in society and we also see the embodiment of angels and i believe that we are both within us that's so uh, as far as the different yeah. dimensions i believe the different dimensions are just different vibrations of frequencies or different um, I don't want to say block because that's the wrong term, but if I have a lower emotion of anger and I don't address it, then it goes kind of extends out from me with the quantum emission and it's now vibrating in another dimension that's lower than the one of love. So we have so many different versions of ourselves existing in different dimensions. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I come to understand a lot of them created to basically interact with relationships and releasing the need for approval from people 
and identifying as the energy of love releases a lot of those aspects of our personality that are tied to other people or places. Right. And in what ways do we have the ability to to shift realities, I guess, to 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 quantum jump or shift realities or um, that sort of thing? You can call all of your multidimensional selves back into the now. You can call all of your energy back into yourself. What I do is I say through the Christ, you can say through whatever you interpret as the Christ, it can be love. I call all of my energy back into myself through love. The important part is to know it's already happened and you're just claiming it. So by doing so, you're now bringing back all these pieces back into yourself and you're kind of powering back up. You're recharging your battery. Mm -hmm. And based on everything that you've learned and everything you've experienced, what happens when we die? I think uh, I'm fairly certain part of us, the part of us that's resonating as love this is why a lot of masters and teachers tell us to love. And it's basically a theme or should be in religion. Um, it's because we'll be vibrating at the, as that same energy and we'll be clean. That's why we forgive. That's why we're kind because we won't hold on to this heavy energy. And I believe part of us goes up and the part of us that's not vibrating correctly gets recycled through universal consciousness and becomes a past life fragment. And a lot of these are coming up now too because of the rising frequency of the planet, all these people awakening and these fragments in consciousness, they serve their time, they help, they're helping for the great awakening with all this knowledge and now they wanna go home. They're ready to be cleansed as well. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about the great awakening and what that means to you? Uh, to me, it just means, um, remembering what you are and, and who you are as a being and not being focused so much on the body you know learning that there's another 97 percent of reality that you can't see with your naked eye you know and mm -hmm. you can only see three percent of the awakening to truth yeah you know? and that's a feeling that truth is a knowing and a feeling and you know when you know it yeah, do you think with everything that's happening in the world, there's always been there have always been horrible things throughout history. War, genocide, that whole thing. And there's so much strife right now that we're so aware of. I know it's it's not the first time it's happened, but these cycles just repeat and repeat. Do you think there's an end to that? Do you think that there is like a light at the end of the tunnel where suddenly we all become enlightened beings and then we can kind of put it to bed or is it just like on and on and on until our I souls think it's, get it I, I think it's definitely a big period in evolution but i don't think the contrast will ever stop i think it will get to a point to where it will be minimal and it will be faster the rate of time we learn and grow as a species but i don't think it will ever end because that contrast has to be there i think for growth yeah yep that's something I was talking about with those same girlfriends of mine about it's, and they're not spiritual necessarily, but it was the topic of life is going to be 
there are going to be times where everything is so good and feels so safe and beautiful and blissful. And then inevitably something's going to, and what goes up must come down, but also the other way around, not mm -hmm. in a negative sense, just it's cyclical. There will be up times, there will be down times, but if we were meant to just come here and float down a river, why would we be here at all? Yeah. And I really see those down times as an opportunity to learn yeah. how to master yourself and your response to the world taking place and uh, try to witness any patterns you may have that holds you in those spaces. Look at yourself as a character of a, a movie and you're like, do I like this character? And try to observe yourself unattached from the outcome of any situation. Just observing myself in this situation. Oh, that's smart. I like and that's that. going to give you the intuitive feeling behind it. Okay, well, I think this character can adjust this or do this. Yeah. Why do you think this happened to you, Steve, personally? Why do you think you had this experience coming into this world that you were meant to see what was really going on behind the scenes? Honestly, I have no idea. I guess... Uh, I don't know, like, okay, did I agree to have the experience? Maybe I did, but then part of me is like, no, it just happened. And then the other part of me uh, believes it, I guess, yeah, I agreed to it before, but did it have to happen that way? Maybe that was up to me. Yeah. I don't know. To be honest with you, I have no idea. All I know is like, I want people to feel the love and redemption that I felt when I felt unworthy and mm -hmm. to feel and to know that they're a part of this energy that's redeeming and healing and all that. Well, thank you for sharing that message because that's why this podcast exists. Um, you know, I also had dark, dark days in my past due to my own, um, my own sensitivities and my own anxiety. I had, it wasn't trauma per se. It was, a feeling of just a lack of self-love and self-esteem. And mm -hmm. as a result, it's what I'm writing my book about. It's what really draws me to these types of stories that to just wanting people to remember who they are because it's so easy to go into self-loathing. I'm not enough. Um, I'm not you know, good enough and I can't make it. And, and to go into, for some people, victimhood. But there is so much hope when you realize that it doesn't mean things won't be hard. It doesn't mean that there won't be circumstances that um, that are just going to suck. And it doesn't mean that some people just won't have like clinical depression because that's their brain chemistry. At the end of the day, though, it does help so much to know that this isn't all there is, that we can learn to love ourselves because I sure didn't and I do mm -hmm. now. And it's if I can do it, believe me, anyone can. And I don't think... I think when you're in it, you feel like, no, it's that's for someone else. Someone else can love. I'm never going to feel that way. But I just want people to know that there is hope. And I'm so glad that you are sharing that generally, but also that you shared it with me and my listeners, um, sure. because I think it's so important. And can you let us know, I will put links below, but what are you working on now? I know you're inundated with clients, but um, do you have a waiting list? Uh, are there other events you're holding? Um, what services are you offering? Um, I offer quantum sessions, basically one hour, one hour and a half. Also group session coming up in January. Um, that that way I can kind of reach more people because I have had so many reach reach out. Yeah. Um, 
I'm starting to write a book, but I just want to say what helped me the most was to look at this as a game of energy and to make sure, okay, on this day, I'm going to set my energetic pattern for the morning. I'm going to input my programming that I am love, that I am going to have a good day. And basically just understanding that if I connect to this five times a day, as opposed to that five times a day, I'm going to have different results and that I could create my own reality by changing my energy and making it basic, positive charge, negative charge. Um, but yeah, um, sessions, lots of sessions. Yeah, definitely booked up probably until February. Um, starting to book the first week of February. And it's crazy because it's nothing I ever thought I would do. Yeah. You know, and you talking about darkness is like, I've, I went through so much darkness in my 20s. It was like I was chasing death consistently. And it wasn't until that love came back inside me in that place and the remembrance of it that I realized, okay, if I'm worthy, everybody's worthy. Yeah, th that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for being here. It has been such a pleasure. And I, I'm so excited for people to see this because there's so much great wisdom in there, but also um, it, it's a great message, but it's also just so fascinating how just having had an NDE can completely transform the rest of your life and lead you into this this realm of service and healing and it's so beautiful to see and it's so beautiful to see your healing and that you've yeah. really been able to heal yourself it too. changed me so much my personality changed overnight my parents wanted me to see a shrink my uh, girlfriend at the time wanted me to see a shrink everybody didn't know what was going on now I'm here you know healing people from all over the world that is my favorite kind of story in fact before I started this podcast one of the things and I one day when I have time, I'd like to do a podcast about um, people overcoming obstacles. And so this kind of like hit both, <laughs> hit both. I love to to hear stories. I'm a recovering addict and night and day. I mean, mm -hmm. I was in that dark place, didn't want to be alive. And from there to here, that's why I have a real affinity for people that have come from a place of wherever, but specifically I relate with that coming from a place of darkness and low self-esteem and coming into the light and and really and then using it to help your experience to help others. It just really moves me so much. So thank you again for your time. I have chills. A lot of spirit energy just came in right now. Um, so I just want to thank you again for being here, for, for sharing your beautiful energy, for the work that you're doing, and for um, giving us some really great food for thought. Thank you. Should I say my site or no? Yeah, I'm going to put it to below, but go ahead and say it. So oh, that, okay. It's a yeah. trinity. T-R-I-N-I-T-Y, Quantum Health, trinityquantumhealth.com. Thank you. At least this way we draw attention to it. You can find it in the description and sure. get on a waiting list if that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, I, I mean, guess email can. me if I don't answer you right back. Um, I'll, I'll be with you in like probably that first week. I'm literally sifting through so many requests and I wish I could reach everybody. Yeah. But um, I'll be with you as soon as possible, of course. Thank you again, Steve. Thank you.